Hi friends, welcome to Not Another Wellness Podcast, a place where we dive headfirst into health and wellness, covering a broad range of topics, and also work to destigmatize what the wellness culture is and help you realize how attainable it really can be. I'm Natalie Dellinger, the host of the podcast and the voice behind Naturally Nomadic on Instagram. Today's episode is called Sex Every Day. And I was so grateful to interview Caitlin and Michael Domner for this podcast on sex. Yep. I know I was really nervous about having a podcast episode on sex and I was really curious about why I was so nervous to have a podcast interview that talks about being open and vulnerable with your partner and prioritizing sex in your marriage. I think it's super important to dive into that feeling. Like I was nervous to have a podcast episode about sex because I thought my parents might listen which they definitely are. Hey, mom and dad. And it would be awkward and they would think of me having sex and it would be weird. And I was like, wait, aren't we all doing this like as a species? Isn't this kind of essential? (laughs) Like what? And I'm not saying I think we all need to go around sharing every detail of our sex lives with each other. What I mean is we should dig into that shame that society has given us around our bodies and around sex, especially as a woman. I want you to have a voice here and and realize that you are allowed to prioritize your pleasure, especially in your marriage. And if you can't do that, let's figure out why. Because it is so crucial to be vulnerable in general, but most importantly, with your light partner, be able to talk about what makes you feel good, alleviate the stress and uncertainty around the sex conversation in general and how just avoiding that conversation is getting in the way of connection. Caitlin and Michael Domner wrote Sex Every Day as a way to push back against that shame and to encourage men and women to share with their partners, be vulnerable, and express what makes them feel good in a way that will also increase communication in general in the relationship. I'm going to let them do the rest of the talking because I could ramble on this forever. But the point I want to drive home here is that I was super nervous to post this episode. And I want you to think about how the word sex makes you feel. When you hear me say it, when you say it, when you bring it up to your partner, like, hey, this is what I want. And this is what I need. And what do you want? And what do you need? And what are your insecurities? And let's talk about things that, you know, we worry about that might get in the way of this intimacy in general and connection. And that's the most important thing I could ever send out into the world is that if you are in a happy, healthy relationship, I want you to have that conversation with your partner. And Caitlin and Michael are here to explain why that is important and also the benefits of having sex every day. So without further ado, Caitlin and Michael, you guys are awesome. Thank you for being vulnerable and encouraging the rest of us to follow suit. 
Wait, one more thing. I wanted to share that I really appreciate when you guys can pause the episode, head over to iTunes, and leave me a rating and review. The most recent one says, I really enjoy this podcast. Natalie does an amazing job coming up with different topics and inspiring guests. I love her overall message, which is to encourage people to find what lights them up. Thank you so much for writing that review. I really appreciate it. And here we go with the podcast episode. Hey guys, welcome to Not Another Wellness Podcast with Natalie Dollinger. Today on the show, I have husband and wife, Michael and Caitlin Domner. You guys both co-wrote the book Sex Every Day, um, a guidebook to prioritize sex in your marriage. And while I'm not married yet, I do find so much value in this topic. And I'm just so excited to go here because not enough people are doing it. So we'd love to turn it over to you guys. And I just thought it'd be cool to start with the difference between men and women, um, why you wrote two parts of this book, and how couples and, and men and women view sex differently. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, I feel like it's a, it's a critical conversation, right? You, you brought up the point that even though you're not married, there's a lot of great information. And absolutely, I think that if more people had a better idea of what to expect when they go into a marriage <laughs> and kind of uh, had this conversation with their um, future spouse or their partner, uh, it, it would alleviate a lot of the stress of that transition, right? So having, that, uh, having those appropriate expectations and, and understanding each other's needs and desires and, and that kind of thing. So Absolutely. Um, that didn't answer your question though. So what, what are the differences? So I feel like uh, we, we, we wrote the two different set parts of the book. So we were four men and four women. And I, I feel like it's critical, right? Because um, even in how we approach the, the, uh, trying to get people to read the book. So most guys, I, I find that they're, they're pretty much on board when they hear the, the title of the book. It's uh, called Sex Every Day. And, and uh, so- They're like, where do I sign up? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but there's still, so there's a lot more um, behind it than that, right? So it's, uh, it's getting into the mindset and, and having that uh, um, uh, kind of uh, bigger and broader understanding of uh, how men approach it versus how women approach it. Uh, so kind of having just, even just understanding that there's a difference, I feel like is critical. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, and I think in the men's version, we are talking more about how to get your partner, your female partner on board with this idea of daily intimacy. And that leads into, I think, the for her section, which is so the guy's version, I guess, is more relationship oriented. We talk about the five love languages. We talk about how do we prioritize her uh, throughout the entire process? How do we talk about a conversation topic that can be very awkward? And then in the, the, the for her version, we're recognizing that a lot of women have either actual challenges or at least perceived challenges that are getting in the way of increased intimacy and, and more pleasure in their life. And so we talk more, I, I talk more on the, the for her side about those barriers, those psychological blocks that come up. So we talk about, so time is usually a big consideration. We talk about energy levels. We talk about this, this and I will say, I think it's a misconception that women don't enjoy sex as much as men do. I think it's more that we just don't always prioritize our pleasure. We constantly put our partner first. We're making sure his needs are met. We aren't as concerned about getting our needs met. 
but that's why we instituted rule number three, which is the woman comes first and quite literally. <laughs> and, and when you're orgasming, if it's okay to be explicit every single day, then it becomes absolutely, I'm excited to have sex every day. It's not, and, and we redefine sex in like chapter one, which is sex doesn't have to be intercourse. It doesn't have to be what we will talk about later is the entrees. It's an entire experience of physical intimacy and arousal and emotional connection and mostly just helping women understand that it doesn't even have to be orgasming, just prioritizing your physical pleasure and emotional connection with your partner on a daily basis is really critical. And I feel like that that's another piece that we that we addressed in this book that we don't see a lot of. So there's a lot of like, uh, you know, just kind of raw how to's, right? So positions and uh, <laughs> different things like that. But uh, addressing those underlying mindsets are, are critical for, for a happy, uh, intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I just love that you touch on all of the cultural norms and all the stigma and all of the biases that we have. And it is so funny how hard it is for people to open up, even in an intimate relationship to be like, this is what I want. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. And I, I know that's so relatable because I've had so many talks with just my girlfriends being like, I don't know how to communicate this. And it's so awkward. And I don't know why it's so awkward. It's so a part of life. Like what, why is this such a challenge? And <laughs> There are a lot of reasons for that. And I loved how you kind of tapped into all of them. There's like I think social, cultural, religious reasons. There's just what you were raised, you know, your own self-esteem and how all those things can affect just the way you approach your intimacy in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just want to touch on the benefits that you cover because I, you, you touched on most of them, but just increased int intimacy, decreasing blood pressure, um, reducing stress and cortisol levels, greater confidence. That one I really want to go into. Um, one of the parts of this that I just found was so striking was the part about the body chicken. Mm. And there's a whole paragraph here. And I was reading this and, and, and practicing this too, like this, this moment you write, you know, close your eyes, um, start at the top of your head essentially scan all the way down your body, feel where you you're feeling tension and um, just breathe deeply through that and check in. And uh, I think kind of touching on Caitlin, what you were saying, women were so busy and men were so stressed, you know, everyone is stressed and busy and, and trying to do the best they can. And when it comes to just taking care of ourselves and really checking in and saying like, how are we feeling? Um, it's, that's a hard first step. That's a barrier to entry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So much of life we, we've built, uh, we, we've built our, uh, you know, our schedules around. And so we schedule things when they need to happen and what needs to go on. And, and so we, we structure our lives kind of rigidly, uh, as opposed to, like you said, have, taking that chance to, uh, to check in and really understanding and, and playing things as they come a little bit, right. Just kind of reducing that, that need to, uh, perform or be, you know, be, uh, be what you don't want to be at that moment. Yeah. I find that being in your head is usually a block for that physical pleasure because you're not in touch with your body, which means you're not feeling the sensations you're thinking about them. And I'm, I'm the worst of sinners here because I, I'm like, we'll be in the middle of intimacy and I'm like planning the meal for tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm responding to somebody's email and he's like, okay, sweetie, bring it back. Bring it back, right? Like, focus. Be <laughs> here. Where, where are you right now? now. <laughs> um, and so there's this, this recognition that your soul and your mind can be very far away from your physical self. 
you can be focused on the past. You can be focused on the future. Um, there's just so many opportunities to not be a wholly embodied present self. And so that, that alignment. And the other thing is that your body is usually not in a state of fear, right? As we think through the future and we're thinking about fear, that's something that's not happening now or the past regret and sorrow and guilt and shame. That's in the past. It's not now. Usually our bodies are in a place of peace and freedom. And I think that's why all the mindfulness practices focus on breathing. It's just how do we bring ourselves back present. into this present moment? Because in this present moment, everything is okay. <laughs> um, and, and that it's, it's, I guess it's tangential to the topic of sex, but I really find that that mindfulness practice helps you be aware of all of the other competing elements that are getting in the way of what you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So as a bit of background, right, this has just been Michael and I's natural lifestyle since we got married 10 years ago. Uh, we now, well, he had a child when we started and now we have three more, so a total of four. And we've built a couple businesses together. So we have a lot that's <laughs> going on and just this daily intimacy practice. And it's not every day. Sometimes there's stomach flu. Sometimes one of us is traveling, but this is our ritual. This is our normal. And that's what we really want to establish in people's mind is that this can be your new normal. And uh, I didn't realize that it was unusual or abnormal <laughs> for the rest of society until I mentioned it to my, my girlfriends and they were like, wait, you have sex every day? And I was like, wait, you don't have sex every day? <laughs> and it was just this like, I didn't even realize that this was a book that needed to get written. But as I was explaining it to them, I realized that there was this system that we had sort of organically fallen into. And once I said it out loud, it was like, oh, of course, this is why it's easy for us. And so we kind of boiled it down to the three rules. And the first one is Michael initiated. So I'm gonna let you talk about rule number one. <laughs> sure. So rule number one is sleep naked. It's uh, pretty simple. <laughs> and uh, uh, there's uh, various reasons why, why it came to be and uh, uh, for me I, ever since I moved out of my parents house I always did I feel I find it you know I, I heat up when I sleep so it's just more comfortable um, and I thought it was the norm until I told Caitlin that that's what I did and she thought it was kind of strange when we first got married uh, but after a little while she, she definitely took to it and um, but I mean a, a couple reasons one is kind of uh, just uh, uh, you know if, if you're laying in bed skin to skin contact with somebody it's hard to uh, it's hard to hide anything right I mean you're you're right there it's you're already it's a very intimate situation mm -hmm. uh, and um, uh, so I mean and and the other you know we, we always joke that we're already halfway there like we might as well have <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> it's a very practical one and it's a good easy first step if somebody's like well I don't know if I want to commit to that much sex um, sleeping naked is just a good kind of warm-up lap to see uh, how it's how it's gonna go yeah, and I love the whole, I'm sorry, not not to cut you off, I just love the whole, like, get a nice bathrobe and keep that near your bed, like, because the thought of, like, will I get cold, and, like, what if I have to go to the bathroom, and what if my kids knock on the door, <laughs> those are all so relatable thoughts, and it's like, well, okay, it's all right, like, you're in your bed, you're allowed to be naked, like, there's no rules against that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it took me some getting used to, but it's now my normal also. Um, rule number two, I created as a way to overcome Michael's natural reticence to talk about sex. I think 
Uh, not always, but I find that some men are just simply less verbose than their female partners. I think that's pretty widely well known. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I think that sex is such a, um, uh, not heated triggering. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's, it's a word. Uh, (laughs) Um, a hot button topic. Yeah, yeah, there's just yeah. charged. It's such a highly charged topic that you can accidentally offend your partner and you didn't even realize it. Um, like if you just go and you ask, would you like sex or are should we have sex tonight, right? If you make it a yes or no question, you're kind of setting yourself up for some disappointment there. And so I came up with what we call the menu. And it's essentially a metaphor to talk about what you do and kind of don't by default want in your experience. And so we broke things down into appetizers, side dishes, entrees, and desserts. So appetizers are everything that come before and it's flirting and it's texting and it's um, massages. And it's for me, words of affirmation. That's a really big one for me. And then side dishes are everything that come with the entree, which I I tend to think is fairly self-explanatory. It's that item that gets you to the climax. Um, But the side dishes can be candles or music or uh, whatever. Fantasy is another big one that we use as a pretty pretty staple of our diet. Um, And then dessert is anything that comes after, and it could be back scratching in Michael's case is his favorite. uh, just snuggling or or whatever you decide to just sort of round out that experience together. This allowed us to really start having a very rich and safe conversation about desires and expectations. So you can start any night, whether you've had sex frequently or you haven't had sex in years. It's just, oh, uh, what would you like from the menu? And this is any partner can initiate it. And we find that it's very open-ended. So It can go wherever you want to. So usually we encourage the other partner to respond with, well, what's on the menu, sweetie? Because not every item is always on the menu every night. I am personally not up for a blowjob all the time. So it's one of those things where we just need to make sure that we have a mutual invitation. Uh, One of the partners is inviting them to start talking and the other partner is saying, okay, well, help, help me what's the combo platter that we're discussing today? And so the other partner based on desires and time and all of those different factors that are admittedly uh, there can say, well, how about this, this, or this, and maybe some of that and kind of round out the picture. And then the other partner goes, oh yeah, that sounds good. And that sounds good. And you can have a four course meal or you can just have an appetizer depending on what you choose. And then you reciprocate. And what would you like? from the menu and it goes both ways. Um, A few things that came to mind um, that I wanna highlight is in the book you're saying, you know, um, the step one, the sleep naked is like your most vulnerable self, right? And like, if you're not showing up that way and you're not showing up with an ability to open up and communicate and and working on that, and it doesn't always come natural. Like we said, like, it's not always easy to just talk about your past sex life, what you like, what you don't like, et cetera, showing up and then just like doing the work to make it an experience that's going to work for both people. And I love it. It's a little bit of a compromise. It's a little bit of game, like, okay, not a game, but you know, I'll have this tonight. And you know, what? that's out of a, you know, we're out of that, but let's try. That's 86, right? I just think it's a really, it, it, it could carry into so many other parts of life. And um, 
I just really, it just is such a great way of breaking it down and making it attainable for people and not so overwhelming and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, another thing that I like about the menu too is, um, it, so having the different uh, sections of it, right? So the appetizer and the um, entree and the dessert, uh, I feel like for, for me, it's kind of a, a reminder that sex is, um, all day, right? So, so, so the appetizer texting is, is in the afternoon or in the morning. And um, so there's definitely a, uh, there, there's a, there's an aspect of, it's not just, you know, when, when you climb into bed and it's like, okay, like, what are we going to do? And then it's time to go to sleep. It's, you know, it's, it's just a reminder that, uh, that it is a, it, it's the overall relationship and, and making sure that we're both, um, that I'm speaking her love languages and, and that we're, we're, we're talking accurately to each other and, uh, and that we're both happy and satisfied. You're keeping the pilot light lit. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> At all times. Yes. At all the time. So it's a lot. That's a really good point. It's like, it's not just this one moment. It's, it's how you treat each other in general and, and kind of make it cater it to each other and what the person needs and um, I love that you talk about love languages I just think there's so much in here like you really did your research and um, I guess my next question is like how has this changed your relationship um, from from the very beginning of this to now being 10 years plus down the line it's hard to sense how it's changed because like I said this has just been our normal but I do think that it has allowed us to have a really deep foundation of trust and affection. We've gone through a lot. We've had a miscarriage. Uh, we've had clients that didn't pay us a lot of money. Michael was held up at gunpoint one point. Like there are legit life challenges. And so I find that it's easier going through those when you have a partner that you have that just established uh, unconditional love foundation. And I'm not saying that sex every day is going to make everything rainbows and roses, but it does allow for a foundation that um, it can weather storms more easily because there's not this deep, deep resentment that gets built up over time. Uh, it has to come to the surface when you're sleeping naked and talking openly. Uh, so you're, I mean, we, we have fights, but they're less, I think probably less frequent than other people do. Like once a year, we'll have a big blow up. Um, but usually we're in bed when it happens. So we're naked. So it's, you know, it's going to end in sex after we've gotten through it. <laughs> so, um, so I think in general, we, we really are blessed to have a very uh, high trust, um, high passion relationship, which I think at, after 10 years of marriage, the fact that we're more in love with each other every day, I think is a good sign that we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Absolutely. And you touched on just like setting that example for your kids. Um, would you talk a little about that? I just thought that was really cool um, to hear. Yeah. Uh, no, me. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so this is one that we are still exploring. So Michael's is now 16. And he just puts his fingers in the ears every time we talk about our book. <laughs> and then our littles are seven, five, and three. And they've just grown up with like mommy and daddy being affectionate with each other, being naked. And, and that made me realize like, oh yeah, some people are not okay with being naked in front of their kids. And I should probably talk about this. Um, so my oldest is seven and she, she is Cora. She's my only girl. And what I realized is, I mean, I'll just share personally, I have this very vivid, and 
memory of being a young child and walking in on my mother naked and her freaking out and running down the hallway. And it was like traumatic. And I just got this immediate sense that nudity is shameful. Bodies are shameful. Like you are not seen. And I realized I wanted to rewrite that story. I wanted her to see a body that's in her mid thirties, given birth to three babies, nursed them all, like there's cellulite, there's scars, there's fat, like it's all there, right? And I wanted her to see that that was beautiful. And I wanted her to see that I was in love with my body and that this body is amazing. And I'm hoping that that image is gonna stick with her during those teenage years where she's seen, been bombarded with airbrushed, photoshopped images of size zero models. I think, you know what? My mom doesn't like that, but my mom is beautiful. I don't look like that, but I'm beautiful. And I want her to be able to make that correlation. And so I do think that speaking openly about sex and the fact that we love each other's company and we do put each other first and, and right, our book is hanging out all over our house. The kids have no idea what it means, but as they get older, we will have probably progressively more open conversations about their own body and their own pleasure and prioritizing self-care and and what it means to make that level of a commitment to somebody and and kind of deciding when they're ready for that and all of those different factors. But I think we've kind of laid a foundation that this is normal, this is okay, this is beautiful and positive, as opposed to shameful and negative and we don't we don't discuss that, you know? Yeah. I feel like too setting setting the example in Caitlin and I's relationship for our children, uh, having the having the having a loving mother and father in a relationship, it isn't something that every kid is blessed with, and um, so having giving our kids that uh, and and being able to um, show them too that we prioritize she and I's time. Uh, it's it's not. I, I feel like some parents get caught up in what their kids are doing and they're running around so much and they're, they're, they're living vicariously through their children so much that they don't have that chance. They, they don't take the, the time to be intentional about their own relationship and their self-care. Uh, and so I, I feel like that is another important aspect is, is making sure that our kids see that, uh, yes, we love them very much, uh, but we also love each other and we prioritize our time with each other. Uh, and we do, we do things that, um, that just Caitlin and I can do simply because we're, we're important to each other. I feel like that's another important aspect of it. Yeah. We set very firm boundaries bedtime. Mommy gets very grumpy. If anybody is up after eight 30, like this is mommy and daddy time. And I will bite your head off if you get out of that door for another glass of water. <laughs> so, so setting clear boundaries. Um, we do weekly date nights where it's just us. And I know that's like a financial commitment that some couples, that's kind of, it's a big commitment every single week. But even if you could just do it once a month, um, just making sure that you have that time away from work. If you don't have kids, from kids, if you do have kids, um, and just making sure that you're making time for each other um, without any other distractions. Yeah. It's so much like a parenting book as well and a body image book and a mindfulness book and a sex positivity book and um, <laughs> go into like male and female just differences and there's just so much here and I totally see your next book being, okay, how do we approach uh, that sex talk with our children down the line? I totally see this. Like how do we, because you know, talk about a shameful moment is when a parent hands you a book and is like, eh, I don't know, you're 17. It's probably a little late, but you know, <laughs> um, you know. 
the Discovery like documentary. That was how I was introduced to this. <laughs> right, right. In middle school, just like horrifying youth. Um, right. And um, yeah, I just think that the approach you have is so refreshing and it's such an important message. And there's mm. so much in here. Um, I was just so, I just feel lucky to be able to have read it myself or in my personal life and also just be able to share what you guys have to say with other people. Yeah. Thank you so much, Natalie. Yeah. Um, and just with that, I mean, is there any other like comments you want to make about the book and, and the process and anything else like that? Uh, no, uh, we can, you can find we us. We didn't talk about a third rule, did we? Well, we kind of touched on it. Okay. You want to touch about it? <laughs> touching on the subject gets all everything gets dirty when you've written a sex book like there are no non-innuendos <laughs> um so so just i guess going back to round out so yeah to rule finish one was sleep naked rule two was enjoy the menu daily and number three was she comes first so i think i alluded uh, okay. to it, but i didn't articulate yes that's right rule number three um but that one is really important for physiological reasons that we sometimes we're just more responsive and it takes us a little bit longer to get ready and turned on and lubricated and all of those wonderful little things and so i'll go from eh i'm okay i don't really need anything to like 12 minutes later i'm like okay whatever you want from the menu it's all on the <laughs> table <laughs> so i just needed i just needed a little bit of ramp up time before the plane could get in the air <laughs> this is one of the more important ones for the on the guy's side as well right that uh if you're if your your partner or your wife is, is resistant or doesn't doesn't seem enthusiastic about sex every day uh then just look at this and and, and really be honest with yourself about uh kind of where where her pleasure is falling in your priorities and making sure that that it's i mean it's not just in sex either right so she comes first is uh, of course sexual but it's a life principle as well right so mm -hmm. so um putting the needs of, of your spouse before your own uh, and really living that out on a day-to-day -day basis, I think is critical. Uh, so I feel like that's a really important one for, for the guy side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because it is like step one, just understanding the differences between men and women and not taking yeah. it personally all the time, just understanding like, I love the analogy of the fire hose and the fire and men and yes. women. Fire hose is turned on in like a matter of minutes and the woman's you have to put the, kin the kindling and then like the big branches. <laughs> You have to lay the sticks perfectly right or it'll collapse in on himself. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, thank you for bringing that back up. I knew there was three. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so where can people find you and order your book and tell us everywhere, everything? Yeah, you can find us at sexeverydaybook.com. And you can not only purchase the book there, we're also on Amazon, but it's a little bit cheaper if you go through our website. And then the, we have free resources. So if you do buy the book, do come back to our website. We have uh, the, the electronic copy, so you don't have to get a Kindle. You can just buy it from us directly uh, or get it as a gift from us directly. We have a printable version of our menu. We always encourage you to make your own, um, but this is at least a starting point for crafting your own menu. We have a two-week contract if you just want to try it out for two weeks and see how it goes. We have some MP3 like energy clearing meditations to help for him and her getting in the mood and kind of processing anything that came up. So there's just a whole bunch of goodies. And then we strongly encourage you guys to find us on our Facebook groups. There's Sex Every Day for Women and Sex Every Day for Men. And this is a gendered, safe, sacred space where we can talk about the nitty gritty and all of those logistics that come up and 
people have questions about like, well, what do you do when you're on your period and all of those kind of things. So it's just a, a safe place where you can connect with other men or other women who are on this journey for more intimacy and more pleasure. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll link all of that into the show notes and I'm literally already have told like 12 people about this. So awesome. <laughs> I hope my mom and dad listen and understand that, uh, you know, I'm here to talk about the birds and the bees. <laughs> and I really feel like that's what this is really about. It's, it's about starting conversations, really interesting conversations with your girlfriend, with your partner, with your parents, with your children. Like, it's just a way to start talking about something that is so critical to the core of who we are. Yeah, destigmatizing de it, right? Mm -hmm. So making it so it's something that's an open, 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 open book. book. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even plan this. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for the work you've done into this. I mean, you guys are both radiating and it just goes to show that you really believe and practice what you preach and that it, it can have just amazing benefits. Um, for both people and for your connection. So I'm just really grateful. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thanks, Natalie.